This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Winning is fun, but winning big puts you on the path to sustained long-term success, and that too gets everybody else in the team across the finish line. And the second part is very important in our conversation today. Second thing also, what I realized is each one of us are different. Our starting point in a journey is different. Our destinations are different, which means our paths have to be different. And that's the reason talking to amazing leaders from different walks of life all over the world is very important. In that spirit today, I'm really fortunate to talk to Mike Speck. And Mike and myself, we started, had our early careers at the same time when we worked at Boston Market. And currently Mike is the CEO and partner at Fusion. He also is a board member and also former CEO of Asian Box. In past experience, he has been the chief operating officer at Halal Guys. He has been VP of HR and training at Qdoba Mexican Grill another national brand that went through very rapid growth, franchisee of CC's, VP of HR and training at Red Robin International. And in each of these brands, Mike was there during their peak growth. And finally, that's the time our path crossed in the corporate world was VP of Mayfair Partners, a franchisee of Boston Market and Einstein Brothers Bagels. And you know, recently when I had a conversation with Mike, you know, first thing that impressed the heck out of me is how Mike still has this amazing smile during tough times. And then I realized that he earns it and he has been very successful with his brand during current COVID times. And not just the success, what made me feel incredibly amazing, that positive energy and I had to share is how he has done that. So congratulations Mike on an amazing career, big wins, and truly excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you, Arjun. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's start with my excitement is as role of CEO at Fusion, you have incredible success of putting team members, customers, stakeholders, everybody else in the team first. Can you share a little bit about the progression of success during these rough times? How have you achieved the highest level of success when rest of us are sometimes just barely surviving? Uh, that's a great question is, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate right now to be surrounding, have myself surrounded by um, just a team that is just very hungry, crave direction, uh, but believes in the brand. When I, I, I've known Fusion since its inception and stayed very close to the, uh, the young men that founded it. And over the years, I was uh, known as Uncle Mike. I was a mentor, I would come and visit with them. Uh, and they were always craving attention. And we always along the way had the conversation about how cool would it be if you could come in here and run the company for us? Well, make it long story short as a year and a half ago, the opportunity came up. Uh, the business was at crossroads. They knew they needed external leadership. Um, I was winding down my position at the previous company and turning that responsibility over to somebody else. And what I found was I had 
three gentlemen running the day-to-day business were incredibly disciplined in collective and individual skill sets. One was a uh, financial wizard. The other was an expert in branding and development. And the third was uh, the people guy, day-to-day operations. What they were looking for was a leader to set, um, just call it audacious goals. Uh, experience have been there as well as uh, just some good decision-making. And it was, it was simply the, call it the Harvard Business Review case of people looking for the, the leadership. Uh, they're willing to do anything. Uh, but what they were craving was direction. And, you know, these three people plus the uh, direct team underneath them just rose to the occasion. We came in and, uh, you know, we, the first conversation we had, Arjun, was um, which comes first, culture or performance? And what I found in the brand was they were trying to create this culture where everybody was happy and trying to model off a of high tech, that they were trying to have a picnic table in a restaurant. They were trying to do all the fun stuff, but the business wasn't successful financially. Uh, the approach that we took very quickly was let's set performance goals, uh, knowing that um, great people want to be measured. Uh, let's reward performance. And the outcome will be people that will be very satisfied in their job because they're very good at it. Mm-hmm. And culture will soar. Uh, we're at right now is uh, just to give a taste is 30% year over year sales, uh, profitability second to none. And uh, what I would tell you is about 100% retention of the people that we want to retain but people that just love their jobs. Last Tuesday, we had a team call and uh, we finished up the call with everybody talking about how grateful they were. And everybody talked about how grateful they were with a place to go uh, through COVID, uh, during COVID, after COVID, the way they were treated and feeling part of a team. And you put that together and what we have are people that are getting uh, just extraordinary results. So there are a few things you mentioned. I want to get into 100% retention, but I want to go into this conversation, I think, based on when you and I talked four weeks back, and that was a conversation I think we had after maybe 20 years or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Both conversations started with the same word. Both times you talked about being fortunate. Okay. And that I think is such a huge mic specness that I want to bring in front. And the thing that you talked about is leaders set audacious goals especially when the team is craving directions. And that concept of putting performance first is so important because we all love to win. Because to me, at the end of a no win, when we are trying to impress each other's stats, and it just doesn't work because a winning team is important. Now, I want to jump on this concept, which I thought I knew and have experienced everything in the restaurant world. You know, I've been decently proud. But Mike, I have not heard of anyone talk about 100% retention and shared how team members are grateful. So help me understand a little bit more. Again, I don't want anything proprietary, something at a bigger place because the world needs this good news right now. What can brands do? Like, what's your concept? How do you get to this 100% retention? Yeah, well, when COVID hit um, back in March, it was week 10 for us from the fiscal year. Uh, we, we were fortunate, once again, to use the word is through the fall prior, we had um, refined our operating systems. We had just made it a better place to work mm-hmm. uh, from employee benefits to employee rewards to reporting to ordering. We, we just, our first focus was make it a great place to go to work every day. We didn't know COVID was coming. Uh, in March, when it hit, uh, as an ownership team, we looked at it and said, we have two choices here. One is to do what a lot of people are doing and shut, shutting down, 
And this was again, before we knew the PPP money was coming or we could do everything we can to retain jobs. And we were very open. We had, um, we had daily conference calls at 7.30 to eight o'clock. And the topic was, what's today going to look like? What can we do to keep everybody employed? Because we really looked at it that we had no idea it was coming, but we truly looked at our, our one business objective, our mission, our vision was to maintain jobs because we knew that if we could take care of our employees, they'll take care of us. And, you know, we had, um, it was March 14th week where sales hit a bottom. That wasn't any fun, but we knew that people were still ordering from us. We knew that employees were uncertain, but we also knew that they were telling us that they wanted to have a place to go every day because they didn't know what was going on. And we, we kept our doors open. We kept our operating hours open. We looked for opportunities when we heard that there was no toilet paper in grocery stores. We were one of the first brands to have delivery or have groceries because we went to our vendor Cisco and just face, we said, we want to service customers. We want to give them what they can't get. What do you have? And they call, they came back and said, we're sitting on a bunch of inventory. We'll make sure you get toilet paper and paper towels if you help us move some steaks because we knew that we had refrigerators. So we did a partnership with our vendors and we helped them. We helped our produce company move product that was about to go. Um, but we were able to offer jobs. And to this day, every call starts with, our goal as a business is to create more jobs because if we can hire more people, they can in turn hire more people and it just grows the business and people will talk. And I believe this, that having a place to go every day is so important. Have a place to go where you're proud of what you offer. Mm -hmm. So important mm -hmm. and to be healthy and safe. And I believe that our safety practices are again, top notch and we have very sparkling clean restaurants and, uh, you know, we're, we're servicing and offering a food that people can't make at home. We sell sushi. Mm. Uh, it's hard to make sushi at home. So, you know, again, we think of ourselves as fortunate, but what we found happened was uh, customers sensed it and our employees sensed it. And together, uh, we, we have a, a business that uh, is growing. And what I, you know, it's hitting hard is how simple you make it and how fast you react it. As you talked about the mission and vision was simple two words, keep jobs, that's it. And then it just wasn't that three of you, four of you sat down and wrote it. How you took it to a conference call of total transparency, because I remember what each one of us were going through was, it's not what was coming, it was not knowing what was coming. And that uncertainty was even bigger. And I love the transparency. And you know, you just add the cherry at the on top of the cake at the end was the business goal was create more jobs. And I love the way you evolved from keep jobs to create more jobs. You know, in this journey of 100% retention, what was also important is the flip side. You just did not, it's not that you guys had were sitting on obscene amount of capital and kept the jobs. You grew 30%, which means there was something that also resonated very strongly with customers. Like what was it that connected with customers in a world where minus 30 is looked at as a new norm right now and you are like plus 60 compared to that number so what did you do to connect with customers yeah we, we number one showed up every day i i could tell you that COVID. we all know this it was no fun living through that i don't want to do that again mm -hmm. uh, i i mean it truly wasn't a lot of fun but what was fun for me was having people to talk to every day mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we relish that. 
But, uh, you know, we, we have Monica, who's one of our lead kitchen employees in one of our stores in Columbus. She would come in and talk about her daughter at home who is homeschooling and her daughter is losing touch. Wonderful girl. I know the girl, she's 11 years old, but she so wishes her daughter could hang out with her friends. Mm-hmm. She said, I get to come in and do that. My daughter's home alone by herself, et cetera. We all know that story. She's a good girl. She doesn't have what I have. So, so we really reiterate that, but we also had goals knowing that, um, you know, we're, we're in this for, um, to survive. And something else I'll share is um, some, I, I love the way you use the word win, because unfortunately in the business world, to hear somebody say win, it usually means somebody loses. Mm-hmm. Um, our vision of winning, meaning that uh, we all win. And again, I, I use my example by us staying open, by us pivoting to grocery, by us pivoting to, uh, we, were, we were taking one of our logo advance to an apartment complex with food. And we were basically opening up the back doors like the old farmer's market style. Um, we were winning. The people that couldn't get out to get groceries were winning. Our employees had jobs, they were winning. And uh, it just perpetuated itself. So um, I, 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 just, I just believe it works. Uh, you know, when you think about what good is and you strive for it, uh, good stuff happens, but you got to work for it. Mm-hmm. And I also love the way you talk about win is we all win. And then you were not sitting there and letting the situation change. You pivoted. You connected with partners and it was part and you know to me when you you know some of us just for the heck of political correctness call our vendors partners but it's the action that matters not only you took the toilet paper and the paper towels and took it to your customers but also you helped them out mm-hmm. by moving items that they needed and in the process this to me is again another you know like this conversation I really feel is one of the stories that needs to be on Nation's Restaurant News and USA Today everywhere on the top front line, not just to celebrate you, but to inspire the rest of us. We really need to know that these are simple things like open farmer's market style as you start going through. And, you know, Mike, I just connect to the business side is during this whole world where, you know, we all needed to have a Zoom to show our face when my uh, webcam died. I realized there was nowhere you could buy a webcam. This is in April. And all I did was talked about it. And three people sent me three different webcams and automatically right away, I put two in a inventory to help others. But that was the, what friends do for each other. Like you have an extra webcam. It's of higher utility. And that's the part where that pivoting was come some, you know, kind of brilliant as you start going through. So of course, none of us planned for COVID. So what has been your biggest learning in this journey, Mike? Uh, To stay true to what you do, to communicate quite often, and at the same time to stay incredibly disciplined. Uh, I'm in in my younger days, I was a a competitive athlete in ultra endurance sports. And what I found was there was such a transference between the training and preparation for an ultra ultra sport um, marathon run of a very long distance through the mountains or a competitive bicycle racing to running a business. And, you know, what we, what we found is we became very good at running restaurants. We thought we were good, but because of the discipline for all the, uh, called the, the safety and sanitation, the practices and the record keeping and just staying healthy uh, by being very good at that, Mm -hmm. uh, our overall performance raised Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, I, I stick to that is running a restaurant is it's day in and day out the exact same thing. You've got to set up, break down, you got to say hi and goodbye, and uh, you got to make sure the restrooms are clean. Uh, go ahead. No, so to me, I just want to look, go back a little, and just try to get an understanding that your past experience got you ready for this amazing challenge. So I want to look at some of these are big names, evolving names, the Halal guys, Qdoba, Red Robin, CCs. All of these are at the national level. You know, what was our, your biggest takeaway working with these mega brands, worked with some incredible leaders that got you ready for this big challenge? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it goes in this order. Uh, you set your people goals and expectations first. Mm -hmm. So uh, very good at forecasting, planning and, planning and organizing and forecasting. And the business approach I always take are, do we have the people that we need to do what we need to do? And they don't have to be the best, they have to be the ones that wanna do it the most and they wanna work together. So it starts with people mm -hmm. and then it starts with accurately and methodically planning sales. So mm -hmm. if you have the right people with the right direction, you have the accurate sales plans. So what I mean by sales are uh, how, the right amount of product, the right amount of staffing. Uh, you build the store so it could function. Uh, the net result will be a profitable business. So it's always gone in the orders. You, you build the business around the people and expectations. So performance first. Mm -hmm. Second is the goals to perform, which is top line, knowing that uh, the end result will be a profitable business. Uh, as we were growing the Halal Guys, which we grew very quickly and opened up to some extreme volumes and maintained those, uh, it was all about teaching franchisees to run high volume restaurants. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was the people first, and that was the expectations on planning and organizing. Because the whole goal is, the, the one thing I've always preached is I, over the years, I've heard people talk about how hard, the, how hard the restaurant business is. And every time I hear that, I just ask one question or one statement, and they'll tell me this is really hard. What do I do? And my answer has always been the same. Let's make it less hard. Mm -hmm. And once you say that, you could just peel back the obstacles that get in the way and uh, you remove the obstacles. Uh, knowing that we're gonna be open seven days a week, we're open nights and weekends. Okay, got it. We know that stuff. Let's not let that get in our way. What else is hard? And before you know it, you remove the hardness mm -hmm. and it's a thriving business where people could do their jobs and you hit your goals. So remove hardness to create a thriving business. Yep, very little surprises. <laughs> One thing also, this was unique is many a time, if you and I go to recruiting for let's say 100 different top organizations and give them a yes and no question, do you want to hire the best 99% will say, yes, I want to hire the best. But you were the only person I have met thus far who talked about, no, I don't want to hire the best, but the person who wants to do the job the most. So to me, it's the intent that matters more than some kind of qualification because qualification without intent is having an amazing player who doesn't fit the team and doesn't perform and brings everybody down. So let's go back to the brand where both of us worked on is Boston Market. 
so what are some of your, you know, so to me, it was incredible times. I just remembered the day one when we had all run out of the building and, you know, and when we moved from Boston Chicken to Boston Market, incredible talent, you know, at the end, it just had its ups and downs. But to me, the talent and the people, I can't ever forget. And I'm so fortunate to connect with you through that. So what are some of your biggest memories and biggest learnings from Boston Market journey? Yeah, there were, you know, Boston Market, there were two businesses. One, there was the financial infrastructure, which was, um, you know, something I wasn't 100% familiar with you mm -hmm. know, from the corporate side. But then there was the operating structure. And um, we were a development company that was based out of the Washington, D.C. metro area. Mm -hmm. Original development plan was 32 restaurants in five years. Mm -hmm. uh, through our performance, we were at over 100 through growth and acquisitions in four years. Uh, but we had an extremely high pride level. We had an extremely high awareness of where we were going and what we were wanting to do. Uh, and, you know, the key thing, going back to what you just said about um, the best or the um, highest intent, was we were a group of people that shared a common past, and that was uh, growing up through the restaurant ranks uh, at the uh, single or multi-unit level, mm -hmm. uh, given a chance to grow a business to the international level. And we were just excited as heck, and we rallied around it. Uh, the other part that worked very well for our operating group was we very quickly identified that there were there was work to be done. And the best way for it to get done, the best way was we each had our own part of the business functionally. Mm -hmm. And we had to respect and admire what the other person was doing so that when we got together, it wasn't a turf war. It was more, okay, you got it. I got it. Uh, one of us would bring it to a certain level. The other would take it from there. We had very smooth handoffs very high level of trust uh, and, and a very high level of functionality uh, just because we, we, we just got beyond the, uh, unfortunately you see in the business world, the squabbling is the best word I could use. We just respected that each of us had a position of the business and together, mm -hmm. you know, the old thing is together, everyone accomplished more and we did. And, uh, you know, to the point that I think our business was valuable to go through the uh, buyback process, but um, so I love that concept of high pride and sharing, you know, people who were connected with a common past, but the concept of respect, because to me, again, these are so universal concept. I haven't met a single business who talks about people, we don't respect each other, but somewhere when we both face a challenging situation where one of us have to write, be right and one of us have to win, that's where the whole challenge is. And when you put that six words, you got it, I got it. I literally got it, Mike, at that point. Okay? And to me, my grandma, very wise person, I grew up with her, I called her Mighty. She always told me the true friend is if you and I are across a small river, and then there's a sign that comes up that only one can cross and the bridge will break. Okay. True friendship would be, we both collaborate to see how to cross. Otherwise we just fight with each other, push the other guy down and run across, don't care. And I always ask grandma, so what's the answer? And my grandma said, the answer is one guy can walk over, which means that whoever is stronger carries the other guy across and both make it. And so to me, it was such a simple answer, but grandma, it took her like four or five years before she gave me the answer. And I love this whole concept of you got it, I got it. And this takes me to a common pattern in your leadership, everything you've talked about, you started with the word fortunate in every conversation with me. 
is you believe in a leadership where you put everybody else in the team first. Okay? And there are some classic examples of leaders who literally, like I even have this amazing race in Utah where this kid could have won this last college race that would have defined the scholarship, but didn't because he stopped for his friend who was hurt and carried the friend across the finish line. And you remind me of that. So what's your inspiration behind this unique style of winning? Like, I'm not saying you're playing at a mediocre level, 30% year over, 10% retention, 100% retention is brilliant. What's your inspiration to win at this high level, but with this unique putting everybody first and then winning mindset? What's your inspiration? Yeah, well, the it, it sounds like fluff, but it works when there's a very, very clear common goal. Mm -hmm. Because then if people want to drive towards a goal, uh, function with the group towards a the goal, they get to play. If they don't, they don't get to play. Mm -hmm. They, they go somewhere else and they work in mediocrity. Um, a, a senior partner I had who is an investor, he made it very simple to me. Uh, and he said, here's how this works. My goal is to give you restaurants to run. Yours is to run them. Hmm. The more you could do what you do, the more I'll be able to give you. That was for me the moment in time where I went like, I get what we all do here. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. After that point, I, I didn't care how he spent his time because he delivered. And I wanted to make sure I over-delivered so he'd give me more. But I passed that down to everybody. And uh, again, it's so important that people get tied up into why do we do what we do? Mm -hmm. uh, create more jobs. Uh, then everybody else does get to come first because the question is, what are you doing to create more jobs? Is the way that food looks going to create jobs or not? It becomes very simple. It's yes mm -hmm. or no. Mm -hmm. By making sure the windows are clean. What does that do? People come in. Gotcha. If the goal was, I want those clean windows clean, they'd go, okay. But tying it to something bigger, but simpler. Because, mm -hmm. oh, by the way, yeah, you have to do it with honor and integrity and you got to respect people. You don't like get to lie, cheat and steal. Uh, but I, I can tell you, those are the learnings uh, that, that truly make a difference to me. And Arjun, I, I have another belief that I'll share and hopefully this will fit into where we're going, but- absolutely. There, there's an age-old thing that there's a very high turnover. The restaurant industry is very high in turnover. And when it hit me that that was really wrong uh, is where things, good stuff started to happen. And, you know, because I kind of grew up that, you know, to have an hourly turnover of 100%, you're a star. Mm -hmm. That management turnover of 25%, you're doing something nobody else is doing. What became very evident to me is the industry turnover percent is probably 2 or 3%. And what became clear to me was if somebody leaves my restaurant company, it's very probable that they will go work for another restaurant company. Mm -hmm. And in essence, what happens is I spent the time and effort to train somebody to work for somebody else. I don't want to do that anymore. So when that became clear, we took the approach going, if we're going to bring these people in uh, and train and grow them, we're going to keep them mm -hmm. to whatever level they function best at. Uh, and that's where our retention became solid uh, along the way, been recognized by the NRA for people and practices or gosh, a couple different terms, uh, motivator of the year, things like that. But what it really meant to was my life was better because our folks are staying with us at the end of the day. Uh, if the right people stay with us for the right amount of time. Yeah, this is business school level, you know, textbook should be written only just on this topic itself. Mm -hmm. is what you showed me 
is prevent you know turnover means you're literally training a team member to succeed in a different restaurant most probably a competing restaurant which is bad business model it's like a pick six in football like that's what a turnover is you're not hurting you're helping others so it's double whammy that is there and i love that concept and i connected back to what you talked about somewhat earlier is we all talk about how job the difficult it, the turnover is such a difficult job restaurant is a difficult business it's hard business but removing hardness that's what creates the success and somebody who even removes hardness 5% is so far ahead because now we realize that we can do something about it instead of simply sitting back so taking all these things back you have incredible experience in the restaurant industry both as a franchisee developer training to now ceo inspiring people and on track to have major harvard business review articles on you guys so what's a common misconception about restaurant industry that we haven't talked about that you want to debunk uh well clearly the idea that it's a hard high turnover business is a misconception Mm-hmm. that's just really that's really just unrealistic expectations by the person mm-hmm. um it's not enough employees misconception because uh, they have to be led uh gosh i i i just i just think back to my days when i was a high school and college i was hungry mm-hmm. restaurant business fed me mm-hmm. um also that i get i guess this is the biggest one i i I'm, i guess i'm living proof for is it's not a career mm-hmm. to me the restaurant business is an incredible career Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's presented for me number one something that fit my um called energy level and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It gave me the chance to run a multi-million dollar business at the age of 22. Mm-hmm. Um go figure if I was in the insurance business or whatever have to go through the uh years and years. Uh, it gave me the chance to work around amazing people that mentored freely. Mm-hmm. I I could go back through a long career now and somehow I'm the older guy in the room, but I could pick up the phone and just like we connected I could pick up the phone and reach out to somebody that I worked with many years ago and within minutes we could reconnect. I don't know many industries that do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh if if you want to grow, it's endless. Uh if you want to do what you do and just do the same thing, that's okay too because that's that's acceptable. But it's a career for whatever level and I think that's just such a misconception. So to me let me go and ask you two very random but related questions one is you talked about you being a super athlete <laughs> you talked about there's a difference between training and performance and the transition makes you successful give tell me a little bit about what is that transition and how do you bring it into any business to achieve that highest level of performance yeah i i I was what was called an ultra endurance a marathoner mm-hmm. so runs up to 100 miles wow did the same thing on mountain biking uh I was also an ironman triathlete uh which I um hit the podium a couple times and was top of my age group uh but when I got into it I found number one was very addicting because of the uh challenge but also because of the goal setting it was such a parallel to business but what I found was the 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 goal was very clear mm-hmm. uh the preparation up to the goal was whatever i made of it mm-hmm. uh again to run 100 miles doesn't start with going out tomorrow running 100 miles it started with a mile then a mile and a half but it was very methodical uh something i could plan for mm-hmm. and uh it it gave me this just incredible immense uh challenge 
uh, as well as satisfaction when I could start to accomplish the goals and complete. Uh, it's no different than running a business. Mm -hmm. Successful business is very easy to identify what winning looks like uh, by identifying what kind of sales goals do we need, what kind of profitability, how are we going to get there? Mm -hmm. uh, exact same practices. It's just applying the principles. Mm -hmm. Again, nothing happens overnight, but good stuff happens with good planning and preparation. And uh, I, I, the ultra experiences were phenomenal. I accomplished stuff that people just look at me and go, you're crazy. And I go, yeah, but it was fun. Uh, I've got the t-shirt to prove it. And I've got memories that nobody can take away from me. Just like my memories of, you know, the, the first person I promoted into management when I was a, a young manager and they were even younger. Uh, that's the satisfaction that uh, is exciting every day. So the next statement, it comes as a compliment, but compliments usually have a period behind, but this has a but because I have a follow-up question there, okay? So to me, my spec is defined by humility and also is defined by never having a bad day. Even in your conversation of the race, you just slid this thing. Yeah, I hit the podium a few, thing, few times. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Pause, time out right there. So what keeps you, like each one of us are human beings. What's your advice? Like what keeps you grounded, humble, and also focused on yourself as keeping yourself like out of the way and putting everybody else first. Like even when you talked about your big wins and I'm like, whoa, this guy's human. He's finally talking about his wins. Then you just bummed me by right away going back to that first promotion <laughs> that you created. So what, how can you always put others first? How do you stay humble? What's the secret? How do you stay happy all the time? <laughs> uh, I, I know what bad looks like um, when, when I was much younger. Mm -hmm. And I, I never wanted to be, and I always wanted to see what else was out there. So I, I've been given a chance to learn and grow. And what I know is if I have a bad day, that means others are because I impact others. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like arguing makes no sense to me. Why do people argue? It makes no sense. Uh, so I just look at things that way. I, you know, I come home and the dog wags her tail. Perfect. That's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, something breaks, you fix it. Something doesn't come to your favor. Tomorrow, you, you handle it different. Somebody gets promoted. Yeah, that sucks for you. But um, what else can you do? Mm -hmm. But again, it's, it's living in what I've got is pretty good. Uh, what I've got is more than I had many years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty fortunate once again. I, I just appreciate that. And the more I could do that and share it with others, uh, it perpetuates. And you know, there's 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 not a, a hundred step, there's not a hundred books on the shelf about it. You just simply, you know, I say, do what your mom told you. Mm -hmm. I used to hate it when I was a kid, and I'd say, I'm not, I'm mad. She goes, Well, get happy. Mom was right. You know, it's kind of funny how your grandma, same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's I'm responsible for myself, and we all should be. Absolutely love that. You're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Today, I'm just absolutely delighted having an amazing time with my VIP guest, Mike Speck. This conversation with the CEO partner at Fusion who puts everybody first in his journey to win big. 
and let me just put you because you know put in front of you the facts because sometimes when we talk about somebody who puts others to win you know ahead you know win we just feel that that person compromises on the magnitude of win and if you are connected to any hospitality business especially in these tough times from day one focusing on keeping jobs 30% year over year growth and 100% retention now that to me is a definition of a huge win so mike let's get to this last fun section this is rapid questions three to seven word answers so if you were not in the restaurant industry what will be your advice to anyone in any walk of life to be successful uh do what you want to do don't just take something because you have to love that what's one re- you know how do you define a big win moving forward getting better what's your one reason what's the one reason why companies fail to win big they set unrealistic expectations or they do not paint a clear picture brilliant i was also expecting you to say because you have trained me so well now to say that people just write down how hard it is instead of doing something so that again was an amazing wisdom from you so most leaders completely rule out some words or obstacles from their mind you know top athletes i worked with they remove the word no from their dictionary literally or impossible what's the word not in mike's dictionary and what is mike's favorite word that i would see or listen to you use most often uh if it was easy everybody would be doing it mm-hmm. so going back to when people say something's hard you know my comment is well heck if it was easy Mm-hmm. one be here somebody else would be here so let's be grateful for what our problems are mm-hmm. and let's solve them awesome so mike so much wisdom so much of you know athlete a business acumen all together let's say you could package all these things and go back in time <laughs> and meet young mike speck coming out of college ready to change the world and you could whisper to him by saying kiddo come here piece of advice what would you tell that kid don't be afraid to have a tough conversation okay. awesome why is that so important uh people bottle up stuff and worry about what's going to happen before it happens that mm-hmm. they've already created call it the demons of how bad it's going to be mm-hmm. made it very hard mm-hmm. versus just having a tough conversation up front and moving forward much faster to me that connects me again to another advice my grandma gave me was she even took it to a next level by saying if you and i are friends or work together or brothers she even said that if i bottle up and not share i disrespect you i am undermining your ability to deal with facts and second thing she also told me was be ready to know that your emotions could be wrong and that was such a powerful thing but i love love the what you talked about is share so now you talked about process 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 like everything for you is you have like a you're leading with a heart you're putting team members first but you have clear goals clearly defined having tough conversations breaking down barriers success like this cannot happen randomly you know to me with all these mega brands is there a process like what's the first thing mike does last thing you do in your work day that you're comfortable sharing mm-hmm. well i i would tell you number one is without process there's chaos mm-hmm. in chaos just good stuff doesn't happen so 
process I used to think was a bad word. It's a very good word. Process mm -hmm. procedure. Mm -hmm. Again, if if everybody used their own recipe, everything would taste different. It's not good. If everybody counted money differently, that wouldn't work. So tell me again. I clearly had something else on my mind. No, that's so what's the first thing and the last thing? And I'm really glad you shared yeah. about process. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I I clearly have a routine routine I stick very closely to each and every day. When I wake up, um, you know, there's a couple things I do, one of which, you know, talk to the dog and let the dog out. But I go through my business recaps first thing as I'm waking up so that I catch any comments that I want to. I hold them to myself. I then exercise and then I start the debrief with my team. Uh, but as a routine, I, I, I always take the time to be aware of where from the business side we are and where we could be. I don't necessarily react yet, but I get my head clear. Uh, and then I get to do what I want to do because I know that my team's looking at the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, then I'm just informed and I feel better about the day. But um, I, I would just tell you overall, it's having a routine. It really is. Uh, my family knows what to expect of me. The dog knows what to expect from me. My, you know, my, my team members, the folks that work directly for me, uh, know what to get and they know where it's coming from. And to me, is that so much easier as a family member or a coworker or reporting to you, knowing there's only one mind and I don't have to worry about guessing so we can all get into yep. action instead of the guessing game and then sending message to each other, Mike didn't walk in happy today. Why waste time on those emotions? Mike, this has been a fascinating conversation. So now if I could step into, if you could step into my shoes, what would be one question you would have asked Mike Speck that I didn't ask? Uh, what am I most appreciative of? So Mike, what are you most appreciative of? Uh, the people that I've gotten to know over the years, the relationships. That's amazing, thank you. Because that's what matters, because relationships define us, absolutely. Anything else you want to share? Uh, yeah, it's. I hope everybody takes value to know that you and I met each other 20 years ago, uh, bumped into each other once, uh, literally you reached out a few months ago and we picked up just because we shared something in common and uh, that's the way life ought to be. Be appreciative of every person that you have a relationship with. Absolutely. And to me, on a finishing note, I also would look at is People also need to give something to be appreciative of. And to me, when I talk to Mike Speck after all these years, I'm now talking to a CEO. I was so happy that night. And I told my wife that, can you believe my buddy Mike has not changed? He has only got better. Because that to me was such a huge validation of mankind and you know, human relationships is, even though we didn't connect, it was something inspiring to see and hear that a friend who, my mistake, I've not been in touch for the last 20 years, just has got amazingly better. So to me, this is such a fascinating conversation. Like to me, the first thing is none of us can deny or ignore how COVID has changed our life. And what is incredibly important is to show that yes, it is very hard to navigate through these current times, but it can be done. And the first step is believing that removing hardness creates a path. Second is the clarity. And the clarity is the big thing because I always look at in any situation is the first domino. If you touch that, everything else falls in place. 
And in Mike's case, Mike and team, I just want to give credit to the entire team, they created their mission and vision to be, uh, to be keep jobs. And then they put it into action. From day two or three, they had 6.30 or 7 a.m. half an hour calls daily sharing and being transparent. So that way team members realize that these individuals are putting as a highest priority of not only how to give people a place to go to work every day, but also soon their business goal changed to create more wins. What was fascinating was there were a decent amount of things that made me go, whoa, what did Mike just say? But then I started reflecting on this. And I think some of these questions I would have got wrong, but I'm not saying which ones. If you ask me culture comes first or performance, what Mike showed me is about performance first. Performance, you know, team likes to win together, creating the path as the leader. And Mike talked about a leader to set audacious goals, but also you have to believe in the team and create the right path for the teams. The second question was, who do you hire? Somebody who is the best? The answer was not necessarily. You cannot give up on that person who wants to do the most because that wanting to do is the intent that moves a brand forward. And finally, as we start going through, the thing that Mike talked about which really resonated with me is we all talk about this in the corporate world is high pride, how we respect each other. And there was the part where Mike talked about, you got it, I got it, which I really think is something huge. Like I get what we all have to do. I get what you're doing, what my goal is. And I get that together we are here to create something bigger. So Mike, this is a fascinating conversation. And I really believe you carried bulk of the load. I did my 2% of asking question, but together we did something huge. And if we can inspire even one person, I really think I'm very, we are very fortunate to have this conversation. Thank you again, my friend. Totally agree. Thank you, Arjun. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all for a fascinating conversation. Uh, I just am totally at a loss of words, which never happens usually. All I would say is happy listening. And that's it. Thank you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, Brand Whisperer top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.